Why, hey there. My name is Darcy Jeremy. You're listening to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the customer journey, how ergonomics fits into that, and some other services that you can offer your clients that isn't necessarily ergonomics, but is aligned with what we do as ergonomics professionals. So let's chat about that today. Let's dive into this right now. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Right, so you might be saying to yourself throughout today's episode, Darcy, these are great, but it's not ergonomics. And that's exactly my point. (laughs) That's my disclaimer for today. Ergonomics has traditionally been thought of only identifying the risk and making modifications to that job not what that person's capable of. And I think there's immense value in ergonomics. I've built a profession out of it, and I teach others how to get into it and build their ergonomics practices too. What I want to talk about today is all about that customer journey. Our potential customers can be in various stages of readiness for our services. Sometimes before they are ready for ergonomics assessments or office or industrial, whatever you offer, they they first must put out certain fires that as ergonomics professionals with our toolkit of measuring and making recommendations and quantifying work, we can assist with putting out those fires so that they're more ready for the services that we love doing, whether it's risk assessments in the office or industry. These fires may need to do with return to work, um, workers' compensation, or other employee or human resources um, management issues and challenges. And wouldn't it be nice if we had services that filled those gaps? So, you could help solve those challenges for the employers. And I would say that's a definite heck yes. I hope that you can see the value in this whole world um, because when you start to associate yourself with solving these types of issues and concerns for a workplace, anything related to human capabilities, related to fit to equipment, workplace injuries, anything related to making purchases of new equipment and ensuring that it's a good fit ergonomically before they send that money to that vendor, they know that they can call you in to help solve challenges, concerns, issues before they develop. It's that know, like, and trust factor that I feel is just so important when we are consulting and developing relationships in our communities and cities. And that 
is sometimes a missing piece for many ergonomics consultants trying to break into a new market. They just don't know what you can do. They don't know what you're capable of, and they don't know how you can help. And sometimes solving certain challenges in the more physical aspect of work will open up the possibility of more ergonomic assessments. Let's talk about a really easy example. Let's take a typical warehouse distribution center. They have a more of a shop floor or a physical aspect of the job in the back of the house, and then they have the clerical support in the front. If there is an issue of a return to work, workers' compensation, that's the most important issue that can be solved before ever talking about ergonomics, prevention, um, office ergonomics, anything like that. So what can we offer to those employers in that situation to help them solve that problem, but will get us through the door of doing more of what we love doing, whether it's office ergonomics assessments, industrial ergonomics assessment, or the various other types of offerings we can make to employers. So that comes in to this whole neat idea called the customer journey. And I want to take you through a typical customer journey for you to see the opportunity of services you can provide. So let's start story time. Our customer journey. I think it makes the most sense to start this journey when an injury occurs at work. Let's set up this situation. So what happens next? A worker's compensation claim first would likely be opened. That person would probably seek treatment from the hospital or their treating practitioner. But if it occurs at work, it is going to be a worker's compensation claim. So there's a bunch of factors that that workplace will have to do to complete a form, submit it to their uh, worker's compensation, um, keep in touch, keep engaged with that employee The next thing that could happen is that it could be a time loss or a no time loss um, type of claim. A time loss claim means that that person misworked due to an injury that occurred. So there's time that's lost. These types of claims are inherently more expensive than no time loss, especially if that person is away from work for more than one week. The next thing that I want to talk about is the workers' compensations role. So in most situations, there's a really big emphasis on an early and safe return to work in order to reduce the amount of the claim. There's a bunch of different areas that this can roll into, but the first thing I want to talk about is what they want to know. In most situations, workers' compensation boards would like to know the physical parts of the job for them to figure out if it's actually a workers' compensation claim or if it's something that happened out of work. So they want to um, make sure they have all the content and the material to make that decision. That's where a physical demands analysis or a job demands profile, there's lots of different terms for this, but you're measuring the physical demands of the job. That's where that comes into place. Most employers will have a huge file of these that were done years and years ago and 
perhaps they just need to be updated because certain things have changed or the job's not as risky as it once was. However, there's also a huge um, probability that there's just no physical demands analysis at that job either. So I'll get into exactly what a physical demands analysis is. So that's the first opportunity. And the opportunity, of course, it's not a great situation for anybody to be in, but we can provide value here with our background. The next thing I want to talk about is what happens to that injured worker. So the injured worker goes to their training practitioner, they go to the hospital, they receive treatment. That injured worker would likely need to get their functional capabilities reviewed before safely returning to work. They can either do this from their training practitioner if they can do a really holistic review of their capabilities, or they might need to do a functional capacity evaluation. That's where another service deliverable comes in. All right, so we have these physical demands analysis of that pre-injury job. We have what that person can safely do via their functional capabilities. The next thing that we can provide value on is whether or not they need some sort of accommodation. So we're essentially doing a job match. And if that person needs an accommodation, that's another service that we can do. First of all, to determine if there's a match. And then secondly, make any changes to that job, modifications to that job, so that worker can safely return to work. The last thing that I'm going to talk about today is the post-offer employment test, or POET for short. And this doesn't happen in all organizations. It's happening in a few, and it's becoming more and more popular because it's a cost savings measure. With the physical um, aspect of the job being considered a lot, some employers like to limit the cost of workers' compensation by making sure people are safe to and have the physical ability to perform the physical aspects of this particular job. So it goes hand in hand with a physical demands analysis. And a specific test is developed to ensure that those people going for that job can actually do the physical aspects of the job. In order to do this, that candidate would have to pass an interview. They would be um, offered a conditional offer of the job pending successful completion of the post-offer employment test. And if they can make it, then they get the job. Human resources will say, you get the job. If they don't make it through, human resources will say that they don't get the job. With post-offer employment tests, there is a caveat, and it's not as simple as it seems. And I definitely have my own issues and concerns with post-offer employment tests in that is the employer taking the easy way out by just making sure that people have the physical capacity to to do the more physical aspects of the job rather than looking at the job and um, look doing a thorough ergonomic assessment and doing their own due diligence to try to get to get rid of or reduce the amount of ergonomic risk that person's being exposed to. So something to keep in mind with post-offer employment tests, I've done all of these types of services before, um, and I can say without a doubt that I really 
they really brought a good contrast into what I can offer an employer. Of course, we have these services um, and we have the ergonomic risk as well. Um, all of these types of services I mentioned today are more reactive. Ergonomics is definitely more proactive. Um, but there is value in knowing this entire customer journey. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about more of these types of services that we can offer. So I'll be uh, giving you specific details about the functional capacity evaluation, the physical demands analysis, post for employment tests, and maybe I'll even talk about the types of ergonomic services too. And when we think of all the types of services that we can offer employers, employers, of course, we have, you know, seven plus other types of just ergonomic services that we can offer in the office. And we're looking at these other types of services from today's episode. I hope that you can kind of see how this customer journey really pans out, where the opportunity is for ergonomic services, what you may need to do to get that client up to a level that they're ready to focus on proactive or prevention side, and how this develops that know, like, and trust factor with your clients and those corporate clients that, let's face it, when we look at the information from today's episode, we know it's just a matter of time before an injury happens. And when it happens, who are they going to call? <laughs> They're going to call you. They're not going to call the Ghostbusters. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait to talk to you again in the next one. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So if you like what you heard in this podcast episode and you want to learn more, you want to learn how other healthcare professionals are already adding office ergonomic expertise to their services and practice, I have a training for you. All you have to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. That's ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. And you can get started today.